Good morning, comrades. We have a very special guest today uh, on the show. Uh, we have JC coming to us live from uh, Connecticut, Central Connecticut, right? Yep. Oh, uh, sort of. I'm right right now. I'm in my office. Uh, in geography is weird. Connecticut has a lot of weird terms for things. Um, oh. I'm right now in my office uh, in in the Connecticut AFL CIO like headquarters, uh, which is in. Uh, so right now I'm in Hartford County, and then uh, normally I'm next door in Middlesex County where, where I live. So, uh, yeah, like I said. You work with the AFL-CIO headquarters? You work with the unions and stuff? Uh, I do. It's like my day job. Uh, yeah. Awesome. So well, I'm, the, I'm the Western Connecticut Area Labor Federation uh, Field and Community Agent Coordinator. It's a very long title and a very long name. It's just it's just what I do for, for work. Um, right now I'm hanging out that rules though. That's awesome. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I don't really talk about it much, just because um, I'm here off hours. So I'm off <laughs> yeah, this is for fun and not for work, right? Yeah, this is not sanctioned, so I, I have to, um, so I can speak freely uh, <laughs> and my real thoughts, which are fuck unions. I'm just kidding. Wow! Yeah. Wow! <laughs> Cancel. Oh shoot! I just realized <laughs> it could be clipped out of context, and now I'm remembering I'm live. So this okay. is gonna. Be, um, we, we we can straighten that out when when it comes up on the just internet. Just like <laughs> so. Um. Anyway. Um. So I guess. Um. I wanted to talk to you about some of the uh, work that you do specifically in DSA. I guess what kind of stuff yes. do you do? And uh, um. You say you're at large member. Can you talk about a little right, bit about yeah. that? So I'm from a small town. Uh. It like I said, it's in Middlesex County. Uh. So there is not a lot going on. Uh. When I want to do like go to DSA events, like I have to commute. So I'll frequently commute to like New Haven, which is about a 30 minute drive for me. Uh, and, you know, I was just actually there last um, last Saturday helping out um, uh, with some of the candidates to the Central Central Connecticut chapter, which I'm, I will volunteer with, but I'm not a member of. It's very confusing. Uh, so they actually endorsed three candidates. Um, we call them the jam slate because it's the first letter of each of the candidates' names, <laughs> all of which are in Hamden. So mm -hmm. I was there to like just help knock doors and you know drive people around because in my small town you need a car to get get everywhere. So uh, that's what I was. I was literally just driving people around. Uh, so you know, got to use uh, the fact. Got to use uh, my small privileges when I can. Although the fact that I have to own a car to live in my town is one of the reasons why I'm personally running for something uh, in my little town because it's way too, uh, way, way too sprawled out. Like there's nothing, literally if I wanted to get to a grocery store, I'd have to walk for 30, 30 
30 minutes or just to like get there. So by car, it's like eight minutes or uh, a similar situation for me. Like I live in the suburbs outside of New Orleans and like you cannot live without a car here. I, w- I was actually talking with some friends just the other day and I was like looking up like the, the status of, um, <laughs> of, um, public transit in, I live in Jefferson Parish, which is just a little bit west, uh, west of, of New Orleans. And uh, mm-hmm. it would have taken me an hour and 20 minutes to walk home. And if I had taken the bus from where I'm at, I was at, which was a 15 minute drive. Uh, if I was to take a bus, it would have taken me an hour and 10 minutes or something like that. <laughs> so if I, if I walk, it would have been an hour and 20 minutes. And if I take the bus, it's an hour and 10. So there you go. Yeah. So, so I sort of skipped around there, but to answer the main question of what I do in DSA, I do what I can, uh, right? I really want like a strong uh, like DSA branch in my town. And I'm hoping eventually, like, like the first step of that is I would like a statewide uh, uh, DSA chapter. So that way I'm actually like, you know, able to you know, help and do things um, because my town's not big enough to support like a full-on chapter. <laughs> it would be like five people if I'm lucky, and I would probably be the only one to show up to to the general assembly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, hopefully, my plan is just to like eventually like build up something there and like you know have like a strong um, strong arm to uh, to really get stuff done with because because we're a small town, if I could just get like 10 or so people like who are active and with like social and who have like socialist politics, we could actually like fundamentally change how the town is governed because it does not, there, there is a huge crisis right now where nobody's active in town politics below a certain age mm-hmm. and socials tend to be um, that age. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's sort of a win-win there. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, the, the statewide thing, um, really kind of hits home for me. Um, so in Louisiana here, um, we have a lot of smaller areas that have, um, sort of combined into what is essentially like one large, almost like a regional, I don't know if you're familiar, we have like a Southwest Louisiana, which is like Lafayette, which is like probably about, you know, an hour and a half or so from Baton Rouge. And then like, Lake Charles, which is like five hours away from where I, it's, it's like there's these just huge swaths of area that are that are covered by this like one local that would have in a city. And it just makes like to me, at least it makes a lot more sense when you have such a vast area to have like a single statewide like coordinating body, at least. Yeah, because then you can like kind of like reorganize stuff on like what you're actually doing, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. if, you know, maybe if people had a statewide organization, you know, five years ago, like they wouldn't have even thought of a town like mine as like deserving of a branch, but mm-hmm. there might be like a strong branch in like one of the nearby towns, you know? Mm-hmm. Like So it's sort of like, but then if like something, if you get going, like for example, the Central Connecticut chapter had uh, organized a tenant union and so, and one, and it was not in like one of like the major cities. It was just in like a small, another smaller town, not mine, but like a different one. There are a lot of, there's 169 towns. So like you could say this about a lot of places. Um, but, New England, there are towns everywhere. Yeah. We love 
we love our towns here. Uh, well, we acknowledge the towns at the very least. Yes. Um, but uh, so, you know, like if say like that keeps, if they keep, you know, solidifying those gains and recruit more people there, like that could be like a branch or like maybe you'd organize a branch more nearby that place, uh, you know, just to make sure that people are, you know, that we're reckon like we're organized. And, and I mean that term in like the, you know, systems organization, uh, like by the work that we're doing, which is would be something that I'm huge in support of. And when I ran for to be an at-large delegate at the convention, I one of the things I support um, ran on was like statewide supporting statewide structures and you know as well as a bunch of others like uh, little things that I think could benefit uh, to benefit our uh, to benefit the work that TSA is doing. Uh, right, and so. Um... Yeah, so a lot of the stuff, and and actually, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about um, your thoughts on on the convention. Um, I know that um, resolution. I, I was really excited that resolution fourteen passed, which was our internationalism resolution. Uh, I've already was, forgotten what all of them mean. Like I, <laughs> I had memorized a bunch, and now I'm just like it. The, the the key thing, and this was like the funniest thing at convention, is that it was such a blur. It was just such a like hide especially like the debate box and there was a lot of bs about the npc that i really don't want to get into oh, yeah. but like that was just messy stuff and but but um the, a lot of the debate stuff though was like really interesting from the perspective of we're just sort of like going through item by item just all of this like this is the program for dsa for the next two years it's kind of like it's kind of overwhelming how seemingly little time you have to do that <laughs> yeah and like uh, there are a lot of things um that we were discussing that i was just like if we had a, a whole convention that was just about this i feel like we could we could really get something accomplished there but the fact that we are like this has an hour at most or like 10 minutes feasibly is not like yeah let's not uh change that maybe we work on that next time and like honestly it was just i i wish there was more time to discuss a lot of stuff um i also like just like in hindsight there was a lot of things that we spent a lot of money on that i'm like oh wow like that's a lot of money like can we afford that oh no are we gonna go bankrupt is this gonna prove like, is this gonna prove every like right-wing stereotype that like socialists don't know how to spend money like because that would be a nightmare. Yeah, the collapse of the organization would be bad enough, but getting it from the right wing would be like yeah. double. I, I, I can handle like say collapsing. I really can't handle like the Venezuela memes, like that they would <laughs> be like, no, I'm getting owned on the internet. <laughs> that's that's the worst part, right? Yeah, that's that would hurt. That would be like, mm, I, yeah. I, I, maybe we should look at doing something else because. Uh, our ideologies would have at that point been mm -hmm. completely collapsed, and I would just have to become I, I would have to become a libertarian, honestly. There's, oh no! Oh no! Don't there's no other solution. We can't let you become a libertarian. We have to do it for JC. <laughs> yeah, please, please don't let DSA collapse. Join, pay your dues. That's how we. That's how we prevent me from being a libertarian. Is go <laughs> DSA DSAUSA.org slash join uh, to. Yeah. Prevent me from, from becoming a libertarian fund. Prevent me from either becoming a libertarian and also prevent me from getting owned. Uh, yeah. 
prevent all of us from getting owned. Yeah, that's the important, the two important things. Um, so you actually did speak on one particular item, which was an electronic item, and I think I thought you did a really fantastic job on that. Everyone uh, seems to think I did a really good job. I know that I was like, like I'm. If you really pay attention, I'm wearing track pants and not like real nice pants, and like I'm, st I was kind of. I was speaking a little off the cuff. Like I had something prepared, but it was for a fully different uh, thing. Uh, luckily, a lot of the stuff I was saying applied. Uh, but Could you talk a little bit about what the um, what the uh, what you were speaking to? I was speak. So it was an amendment. It, it was the the best easiest way to say it is it was a dirty break amendment, which I am actually for the dirty break. I'm actually for the dirty break. Like, can you just describe what the dirty break is really quickly, just yeah, so that that's there's like a couple different ways that um, people theorize the DSA can relate to the Democratic Party. Um, one of them is the clean break. That's leave them now. Like, don't touch them. Don't even look at them. You know, avert your eyes, etc. Um, that's the clean break. Uh, mm -hmm. Yep, that's people who are like Green Party or people who are you know just more support, like say like salt or the, which is social acronym for socialist alternative then there's the um you know the realignment strategy which is like join the dems and like take them over and you know and then there's like other ones like cpn has one about a party like party um model, yeah. yeah which is like cool because it's like the idea that you don't need to do either you could just like keep using their ballot line while like um you know, holding for getting like a little organization that basically can keep electing people on that belt line without ever having to interact with the party apparatus itself. And then there's the dirty break, which is, you know, join the Dems, not really join them, but like, you know, run stuff off their ballot line until you get a couple elected politicians and then break for them. Mm -hmm. So I was against this particular amendment um, it was an amendment to like our general electoral strategy. And the reason why I was against it is because like I was talking about it with some people and I just thought it was kind of silly because it was like, there was no enforcement mechanism. It just said the democratic party is bad, which like, cool. Like I agree. Like I like more, more so than anyone else. I've become very cynical about the democratic party uh, just because I've had to like interact with like some of the um, lowest level people and like it, it actually gets, I don't want to be too mean about this because these are people I know, but like, <laughs> you know, like difficult. it's, yes, it's very difficult because you come, there's a lot less flexibility uh, on that level uh, because these are people who like genuinely believe in the democratic party. They get involved and they're the people least uh, likely to like, you know, change, be open-minded about like um, criticisms regarding it. Mm -hmm. Uh so I, but so I'm against any, but to the amendment itself, I was mostly against it because like there was no enforcement mechanism. There was no way, like I could just like, it just said, we don't support them really. And I'm just like, cool. I don't either, but that's not saying that is not going to do anything. And the, cause the, in my mind, I have a very specific theory of change. Involves labor unions, involves tenant unions, and involves uh, strategic organizing. So, oh. um, like, so that means, like, specifically, we have to build a network of people. Not all of them are going to be socialists, but that will like help 
fund our campaigns and like, you know, be the, um, a, a volunteer base that we can rely on. Uh, then at once we're able to independently elect people, we can just call it whatever we want. Like, Oh, we're if in, in place like Cromwell, right? Like if you got 20 people to run a slate of like, and just say we're the democratic party in Cromwell, you could just take over. There's no, like you just show there's the way it works is that there's a caucus um, meeting once. So once like once a year, any registered Democrat in town can show up and like vote. And typically what happens is because no one attends these things or, um, is everyone who's like on the slate of like who the democratic party is in the town will show up, but like not everyone will show up. So you'll have like, let it's like around 20 people. So, so like yeah. say that's like how many spots are open, like 12 people will show up and be like, we're the, Dem we're, here's our list of people. And then no one else is there to vote besides them. So they win unanimously. If you got 20 people then and said, we're the democratic party in Cromwell and then you just win because like there's, they can't, and there's no other way to stop it. That's like, that's actually super democratic actually. Right. It is. Yes. It's by definition the most like, cause if you could feel the full slate, you basically win um, in this situation. Uh, but then also like in some places there might actually be people who show up and they might like, if they expect this, they're going to try to turn out people. Mm -hmm. So you always have to be careful with that. Right. But like, I guarantee you, if I did that to, um, at the next one of these, like I would just, they wouldn't expect it. And even if they did, they couldn't do anything about it. Cause it's just so nobody has time. Everyone's got work. Uh, and yeah. critically, I've, I mean, in my experience, at least like a lot of working people, like even if they did have time would rather do like a million different things because they don't see anything good. Coming. Yeah. It's like, what's the point. Right. And right. there are some advantages um, to, like to doing this mm -hmm. um, that you get, but like, so in a town like mine, I really just don't see like a need to break away. Cause it's like, what do I get? Like from I like what, who's stopping me from doing anything? Like, mm -hmm. like theoretically, like I'm not in a major city where there's actually a machine that gets Democrats elected. There's more de like registered Democrats in my town than there are Republicans. But yet the democratic party keeps losing every election in 2020. We didn't even have a state rep candidate. That was the only thing that we had to do was like, you have one job, get a state rep elected, like, and nothing. They just, they couldn't find anyone. Someone offered to do it and they kicked him out because they didn't like him because he wasn't a real Democrat. Right. Like, uh, so it's like, well, what are we even doing here? Like, no, this is not a group that I find. This is not some evil. These are not evil villains that were like with control. These are like, you know, the henchmen from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like Bebop and Rocksteady, they're just not... They get not beat up all the time. <laughs> yeah, you can just... They're just... They're not great. They're not good at their jobs. Like, they're... And I, I say that, like, and so full disclosure, I'm a member of the of the Democratic Party in town because mm -hmm. I couldn't find anyone else. Because it was like, we're mi we have a spot open and, you know, JC's shown up and knocked doors... And literally, like, five other people knocked doors that year or something like that. So it was like, whatever, I guess, picking her. Like, yeah. Okay, um, so let me, let me like, validate that really quickly and, like, compare it to, like, some of my own experience. Because um, and I live in a place, like I said before, called Jefferson Parish, which is right next to New Orleans, which is, like, New Orleans is a stronghold for the Democrats in a, like, blood-red, like, super conservative state, right? Yeah. Like, we live in, like 
Confederate flag city, you know, like there's a lot of Trump signs, a lot of this horrible stuff that you see, but like outside of there, I, like in Jefferson Parish, it's just like, like outside of this, outside of New Orleans, like the, we have what are called like the executive committees at each parish or county, what was the in those states, um, which are like elected by the secretary of state. Right. And also we have our state central committee, which each yeah. has its own little sections as well. And like, I just sort of like on a lark, like with a couple of other like friends just decided like, yeah, what if we just like decided to do, you know, like, like run for these open democratic party seats, whatever. And, you know, I got somebody to actually front the money to the secretary of state for both races. Um, and <laughs> essentially there was no body that ran against me. So I'm on both the state central committee and the local executive committee. And like wow. to, to, to sort of like bolster what you're saying about like, they're the not, people. they're not great everywhere. Like, and they're, they're not good at like, I, they're not a real party. Like that's like, they're no. not ideologically disciplined. They're not, they don't really care about. They don't even want to do that because it's in some ways like against their interest to do it because then they would have to start kicking people out and they can't afford to do that. No, so, they take what they can get. And, and so I'm like, and I'll be again, full disclosure, like being having worked and being like a member of the Democratic Party is not me more pro. Like people are like, oh, you're yeah. getting sheep dogs. No, the fact that like I go to a meeting and no one listens to me and like makes me feel like an outsider, even though I've lived in this town my whole life is not has not done a lot of like, I've not like, I haven't felt very sheepdog. I feel like, um, I feel like the, it's more of like a, I'm a sheep and there's a wolf trying to chase me out. Like, you know, like, (laughs) so I don't feel very attacked. Um, uh, or or I don't feel like very invited in, I should say. Um, So yeah, again, like, and them losing has not made me like, again like in 2020 i really can't stress this enough like it was the like bill not bill clinton joe biden won the town by like huge numbers like it was not even like a fair fight uh honestly and then like the we didn't run a single person state rep like we could have any name you could just easy w easy throw w. A name in there i don't care find someone say say you're the state rep now um you're gonna win it doesn't matter like it like, don't even bother knocking doors, like, because none of them did either. I was the in 2020, I was the only one. I knocked doors for our state Senate candidate, not in Cromwell, because there were no uh, canvassing events in Cromwell. And so my plan is, and, and why I got frustrated enough, I, I always told myself I was never going to run for office. And I really don't want to. I hate doing this. This is like, it's been stressing me out. Um, but, and, and I'm not running for anything big. I'm just running for Zoning Board of Appeals, which is like mm-hmm. the lowest level like thing you can run for mm-hmm. and it was because again they couldn't find anyone else like I, I knew they couldn't so they can't they had one candidate there was two spots open and so i put my name in because they again they can't stop you from doing anything like they're mm-hmm. not good they're very bad at this right. like they ideally would never want me even near but near their their stuff because i'm like a toxic you know asset to them you know i'm, I'm the open socialist you know who does things in town but like you're not really supposed to like acknowledge as like there you know because the moment you start acknowledging me then it's like you have to reconcile the fact that like i'm appointed to one of the uh to one to one of the town's like committees right i was appointed by the town council which is majority republican there's only two dems on it 
um, and it's like seven or something total. Uh, there's seven people on it. So I got unanimously appointed because nobody really wants to like look into my background or like, you know, like notice like, hey, maybe are we sending like a message that we're like pro-socialist if we endorse? Like, no, nobody wants to deal with that. Right. So just, just like give her the spot, give everyone the spot. Like, all right, see, see you next week. Like, you know, that that's what they do. Like, so, and then I became the chairwoman because I'm the only trans person in the committee. It's the LGBT committee um, in town. And so I'm the chairwoman because I was already the secretary of the chair had stepped down and no one wants to tell the trans person that they can't be the chair chairwoman of the committee. Like, it's like, so it's like, it's not, I'm not like a genius or like master, like political operative. They just, I just get this stuff because I know when they, I know when I can't be told no to, because it's like, well, nobody else is taking the job. And so like, we have to give it to JC. Mm -hmm. So like, ideally what I would like is eventually for a strong DSA branch, like, and I'm going to be using this campaign to look for people who are interested in, this message um it's why i don't really when people like i got a lot of messages after i spoke at the convention and um, saying from people who were like oh can i volunteer with your campaign can i do this I'm like i'm not really running for like either one i don't really care if i win in like a particular sense like i'm not this is not i don't consider victory to be a dsa victory i don't consider a dsa loss or a loss for me my campaign to be a dsa loss i didn't really see i didn't apply for and um the you know national endorsement because i'm not a large member and you know i'm not asking anyone in the chapter to help me out i'm just using this as an excuse to knock doors like in town see if people are interested in getting involved and hopefully recruit them into a nascent branch um mm -hmm. and so that's what and so i would encourage anyone who like oh i really like jc like i want to help her out you can help me out by helping the DSA candidates that are actually running as DSA candidates, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's um, Je uh, Justin Farmer is the chief of slate. You can find him on Twitter. Um, uh, Abdul uh, Azanu and then uh, Mariam Khan. They're great people. They're running. They're in a all like uh, Justin and Abdul are running into a highly uh, majority minority districts in Hamden, and Miriam is running for board of ed and for the entire town. They're all great. Like, I'm just like, I'm just one person. Like, I don't. And if I win, it's because like, I have good name recognition. And if I lose, it's because like, I wasn't, I'm just looking for volunteers, like in town, right? Because I want that. I, I want those like, like five core people in town who are like, ready to go, who I can trust to show up to, to something when I need them because having some muscle can really make a difference. Like uh, to give, I hope I've been talking for too long. I do have a story. Okay, cool. I, I, I invited you on the show so that you could talk and I can listen to you. So yes. So I, there's a lot of weird stuff in my town. So, uh, so like, so like I said, I'm the chairwoman of the Cromwell LGBT committee and we wanted a, uh, just like a rainbow crosswalk. You know, everyone does that. It's, I know a lot of socialists who are listening are like, ugh. Like that's such like sim symbol symbolic like yeah, symbolic politics or whatever. Maybe the more yeah, they're like yeah, identity politics. This is like like when you're in a town that's Republican controlled, like this stuff is like a fight. Like it's not <laughs> it's not easy to get. And I'm not in a position. I, I have used my position before to get to support real material gains. Like for example, we um, like I 
I wrote a resolution in support of right to counsel and we, uh, you know, I got it passed through the LGBT committee and then I got sent that resolution like it, on the basis of like, you know, I'm certain uh, anyone here is familiar with like how housing affects like trans people. It's like, I think I don't have this statistic mem memorized anymore. It's, it's a, a way more likely to um, not own a home, way more likely to not live where they were born, way more like to, likely to have been homeless, et cetera, right. et cetera, et cetera. So on like, those grounds, support dis Hugely disproportionately, yeah. like like 10 to 1 almost. I mean, maybe I'm throwing that number out there, but like that does not sound like, to me like particularly like outrageous. It was like 2 out of 10 have been homeless in their lives right. in, in one survey, right? I think it was That's something like that. Um, and, and so... I sent that to the, um, I called up like someone from the governor's um, um, office and I told him about this resolution my town passed and he was like, oh, I'm a member of the community as well. And, you know, hopefully he had passed on, I don't know how much this helps. And then I called up someone else I knew in his, in the, um, in his office and like, and, you know, who I already knew was a member of the community and was like, can you really push for this? And we got some money um, for right to counsel and it, it did pass uh, through this, uh, the state uh, uh, through the state legislature. So I do do stuff that's like material gain. So with that out of the way, like what I did with um, the real fight though, was actually like this, that, that actually was not a fight. Like that was just me passing a resolution. Nobody really knew about the issue. They, they listened to me speak again. You don't tell the trans woman that she can't do something in the LGBT committee. Um, and also I have super supportive members. They're very open. Like the LGBT committee is way like I, there's no, never any shade to them. Like they're so great. Like there are a lot of teachers there that are like super passionate about these issues and really want to help out like kids and, you know, like who do such great work in our schools. So again, never any shade to them. Like I joke, um, but like about them not being able to tell me no, but it's because they want to tell people, they want to help out. Like they're very great people. Um, and but so we were trying to fight for this uh, this rainbow crosswalk, though, because this is like, you know, our town is uh, very uh, our, the youth in our town are not likely to support. Like, for example, uh, it's the it's the way they don't really see themselves as part of the town in the same way. Like they don't feel like the town people in the town government care about them. You mean LGBT youth? Not, not even LGBT, just youth in general. And mm -hmm. And we know that the the youth in town, like you know, really are passionate about these issues. Like they're very um, on board for talking about social issues and activism. And so we thought this would be a good way of like, you know, our plan was to actually we had a, someone had donated paint, like or and we were going to let them help paint it as like like and, and hopefully even put it near the school as like a way of like, you know, hey, you're part of this town too. Like you can make a difference, et cetera. And I was like, at, and I, we'd written a report about like why we're supportive of this, how this is good for the economy, you know, stuff like, again, that would bore a lot of the hardcore Marxists who like, eh, like, cause they know this stuff benefits small business owners. Um, but like, it's important. And this is like something I wanted. Can I just jump in really quickly and say that like, even from that sort of like hardcore Marxist perspective, if doing what you're saying right now can also gather, like gain sort of organizing capacity for future victories, then that's imminently defensible. It's actually positive to start doing that kind of a project. I, I think. know. I think I'm just, I'm trying to, I always try to like play mm -hmm. caveats on, because I know this work itself is not like building, it, it's, it's 
putting groundwork on future things, but it's not in itself like something. Sure. Um, right. Right. I understand what you're doing. I guess is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't be so defensive because I am like one of those hardcore Marxists. Sometimes I get a little like, <laughs> maybe I'm projecting. I'm like, I think it's lame, but it's, a, it's okay. It's so, okay to be self-critical on these things too, you know. Yeah. Um, it's one but, way to sort of like make sure that what you're doing is pushing forward like a, a materialist agenda. Yeah, because right? you don't want to, um, you don't. Wanna, yeah, but so we you're wrote before, uh, So the the former town man. So the way this town government works is the mayor is symbolic. It's like they just share the town council. The town manager is actually the one executive who, and they're, they're literally hired by the town. Ours is the former chief of police. It was, it's not supposed to work this way. Yes. Yes. It's literally, it's the worst kind of cop. It's a cop. It may have cop into the CEO. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so the literally, so he was opposed to this because he thinks it's illegal to do this. He said, based off the town's laws, it's illegal to have a rainbow crosswalk. The town next door to us has a rainbow crosswalk and we have the same laws as them. Like we copy, we use the same national standard or whatever. And we, and they actually have an attorney on staff that like whose job it is to like go and, you know, search what's legal and what's not legal. And the their paid attorney said that, well, this is completely illegal. Obviously like, duh, like the town is the one in charge of the laws. And even if it wasn't the way the laws that have already been passed by the town, like, Obviously, it's it's a rainbow crosswalk. You can have, like, as long as there's a light, like that, you know, the how a crosswalk works, the little man and the little hand. As long as you have one of those, the actual crosswalk itself, it's like purely ornamental, right? It's not. That's not what people are looking at. There's not a lot of rules surrounding this whole thing. There, there are actually a lot of rules surrounding this whole thing. Oh, <laughs> the ornamental part, I guess. Yeah, that it just this specific is like the it's like kind of a loophole is because the traffic control device that's what that's mm -hmm. called. You know, that's so that was we submitted this report and we I outlined that and like as one of our things, and I was I was set to give this report, and one of the thing people like a lot of the establishment people in town like were like. I was explaining, I was, all right, uh, now that we know I'm going to give this report on this day, let's go call up people and get them to show up to this because this can make a difference. Like if they see that like people are there in support, they're going to want to like do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I was told, no, don't do that, JC. That's like bad or that's not, you know, it's going to be chaos or whatever. And there was a lot of weird mix-ups. Like I got the date wrong. And so I had to call a bunch of other more people. It was like, oh, sorry, wrong date. It was this day. It was this day. And like, this is at the time I'm still working at Domino's. This is, uh, you know, so and just starting this, the job I have now, like it was a very chaotic time. But we got like 10 people to show up. And, you know, it, and it looked a lot better because the only people there to speak, like we had, you know, if, if I hadn't done it, it would have just been me. And then one other person and it's like two people showing up for something that's not going to send any message. And mm -hmm. so now we've been fighting and fighting to get something done. Um, but my main goal is I would like to get rid of this town manager. Cause I just think he's the one blocking all of this stuff. And he's literally just, he's making an issue. I actually yeah. forgot the um, connecting tissue from this story. Uh, but there's just a lot of weird stuff like in our town that I'm, working to change 
um, there's a lot of weird little stories like of I know people like the one the de- one of the two Democrats elected in town council. One of them was a former Republican who switched <laughs> very petty local issues like, uh, you know, but otherwise believes a lot of the same things. Uh, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff like that I could probably go over. Um, uh, but the main thing is I'm running now because I have strong belief about zoning policy. Uh, but can also, you describe, can you describe what the office is and what some of the sort of like responsibilities okay. are? Boy, can I! Uh, so <laughs> this is the zoning board of appeals, not to be confused with planning and zoning, which is a separate job. Both elected in town. Uh, we love to elect everything in New England. It like, seems like a fairly technocratic job that that might in other places be appointed. It absolutely, even other places in Connecticut, it's appointed. I've checked. Like, um, I actually don't even think it should be elected. I think it's because um, there's not much. Like, I don't think people really care enough about it. But whatever. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that's like me being one way to, certainly. It's certainly one way to politicize a position, though, by making it elected, right? Because it's it's partisan too. It's like the LGBT committee is appointed, but it's it's not partisan. Like, I don't have a D next to my name for that. Right. Um, but for this, I will. Um, which is very strange. So what this is, is like, if you have a, a zoning law you would like to appeal in town, you like say, like there was some sort of ruling um, or law that was passed and you just think that, sh- that you should be an exception. You go to this body and say, hey, blah, blah, blah. I'm like this. I don't like it. Give me a appeal. Like if somebody yeah. was like, for example, um, if you wanted to build a house and near like wetlands, you could appeal the like the laws and say that this is not fair. And there's also an well, a judge or a justice of the peace or something like that just for zoning. Yeah. You get to make decisions. So what I'm planning to do is two things. So one, Connecticut just passed legalized um, legal cannabis. So how this is going to how I will be at play for this is. If the planning and zoning sets a law, like we want no dispensaries, mm-hmm. a dispensary can actually appeal to this board and we can overturn it. And we say, nope, can, you can absolutely have your dispensary in town. So I, now it's not a guarantee I'll be able to help with that. I hope I, well, I hope I don't have to help with that, but that's like something I'm doing to like, as that's my way of actually helping the labor movement through this job is because those the, the cannabis dispensaries in town, there was actually uh, in Connecticut, um, they're actually made with union labor. So, because we passed a, in our um, cannabis bill, we passed a project labor agreement. So, with so that means all of the construction fees are going to be um, union labor and the running of them. And that's so, cool. That's awesome. Cool. So, I want to like, so cool. if I can get some like union jobs in town, that's good. Like, cool. I want it. Uh, the other thing I'm going to do is mixed use zoning. So Cromwell's incredibly, that's the town. I don't know if I've said the name. Uh, yeah, but, you said it and, it and I giggled the first time too. Like like yeah. literally named after the Cromwell family, like Oliver Cromwell. Um, no, it's sort of, it's not named after the, uh, Oliver Cromwell. It's named after, uh, I don't usually say it because it's like it's such a small town. You can, nobody knows where it is. Um, but it's actually named after a boat that's named after a different boat that's named after the family. <laughs> so, I've looked this up. I know this. Anyone yeah. who's, uh, the, no, it's now it's, I just want to know about the boat. Vessel named after a navy vessel that's named after the the guy. 
So Incredible. and not just the family, like specifically the Oliver. So yeah. yes. Um, uh, but next to you zoning, you wanted to talk about is, that. Uh, yeah. So it's incredibly residential. And I don't like that because it means we were talking about earlier, it takes forever to walk to um, a place. I don't support that. I want Powell to use its land better. Um, I think so. If somebody wants to open a business um, in, nearby in a residential area and appeals to the board, I'm absolutely going to grant that um, just because that's what I'm, that's my ideology is I just, mm -hmm. we need to better use the land in town. Um, eventually, I'd like to be able to get onto planning and zoning to be able to help with that. Um, but for now, just this is the little thing I can do. Mm -hmm. I just it doesn't seem like an efficient use of our land. Mm -hmm. um, other um, stuff that I want to try to do, I've been really researching this. Is just like you know, I would like to protect the environment if I can, and I'd like you know so. But for for the actual residential cases I'll be taking, I'll probably end up doing like case by case, like whether or not, like uh, I'm probably gonna try to be as active as I can. So for example, like going to the place, like surveying it, like myself and like, cause that's something that I, a trick I actually learned from my brother who was on the uh, board of assessment fields is nobody ever checks out these properties. So you can be not lied to like it's it's like you just don't get a good picture of it because you're not there so you don't understand what you're actually just um like yeah, what kind of what kind of like um advantage do people take of that usually um, if people like, aren't looking at it i guess i mean it sounds like that's rife for abuse in some kind of sense right i mean maybe not uh did i lose you, did I lose you? jc jc you there you don't really you don't get like present okay. you cut out for a minute but you're back Oh, yeah. You don't get. I'm frozen again, aren't I? I can hear you though. Keep yeah. talking. Okay, so you don't get like subpoena power or anything. Mm -hmm. I'm just like physically meaning like I'm gonna from the road like look at the place mm -hmm. like it's just a little thing like you know you don't get to like knock on the door like I'm with the government you have to let me in because that would be <laughs> yeah no it's like you know you show up like or you like you just look at it you just go drive over look at it like is this. Mm -hmm. Does this look right? Like if someone's building a deck, for instance, and they say it's a certain amount of feet from um, the woods, go over there, like use your eyeballs. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> does that look right? You know, are they, like, I don't know. It's like just trying to be more active, you know, just like, mm -hmm. take, like actually like investigate the properties that like we'll okay. be deciding on, uh, you know, like asking like, because I mean, I'm going to try to be fair because I, I like I don't see an incentive, like really, like bully people, like or anything, like or deny requests that I think are fair, like. Hmm. Yeah, but there's like you know I could see a situation where like I want to like make an accurate decision, and I think people will, pre will actually appreciate that you took the time to actually think about this, like because hmm. you got to think about it from their perspective. If if somebody's like denies you and like and you can tell that they didn't think about it for very much and they're just doing it whatever, you're like. Hmm. I don't, I don't swear. Like, I just realized. Go ahead. You're fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, fuck you. Like, I don't, I don't, you, you didn't, but if you're like, hey, I went to this property and I, um, I think this is a good case or I, I think there's some issues. They're going to tell that you've actually thought about it and they're going to be like, I think this is a more fair ruling. And considering this right. is the final arbiter for a lot of stuff, you want to be fair about these things. Yeah. So, the, 
at least it feels like you're be, you're getting a fair hearing, even if the even if the sort of like judgment doesn't go your way. The other thing I, I want to do, and I don't have a lot of power for this. It's more um, just less home homes and more apartments because they're just none. This is a very <laughs> small town. You, it's very hard to afford to live there. I'm barely. I'm in the poor section of town because I live in a condo. Like that's mm, I own the place. It's not really that. Like if that's the this the floor, it's not great. So mm. you know, you know, proving- there's not a lot of housing like available for like like the, the, the you no, know anything uh, low income uh, anything. There's not a lot of there's houses that you can buy and there's nowhere to rent. Like oh, it's no. a huge problem in town because we lose a lot of residents who you know like if you're 18 to something like 18 to 20 or mm-hmm. you know, it's like 18 to 25 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like you don't really you don't have like a career yet. You can't buy your first house. Like you're going to want to like rent out a place like, you know, and if you like living in town, well, sorry, buddy, like goodbye. See you, see you when you can actually, like, when you can actually afford a mortgage. You know, that's not great. Like, I'm sorry, but like speaking to what you sort of brought up earlier from the perspective of like younger people don't have any sort of like any like presence or like any kind of like governmental representation in your town. I mean, that seems like something that would almost be like if you can't live with your folks, you basically don't live in in the the town of Cromwell. And I have full disclosure, I live with my mom. So okay. Like, yeah, exactly. Like if you're, if I was, if I was kicked out for any reason, like when I was like, now, I, now it'd be a little harder to kick me out. But if I was like, uh, it's because I'm older now, but if I was like still in college and was kicked out, absolutely would not be able to live in town. I would just be on, on the streets, would have had to move to a city. Um, and that's not great. Like, you know, like it would it's be great nice. For town, certainly. And it's not great for the people because you're essentially I love, like, I like living here. It's not yeah. like, you know, yeah, just, that's a problem. That's a, that's a real problem, isn't it? <laughs> like yeah. not a great place for the future of the town um, because oh. also we just not invest. Like there's just so many, and there's, this is like when I feel like I'm going crazy, like there's just little things I'm like, I know if I was, if I had a voice in this, there would this like we just made a Starbucks and it was it's really hard to explain when you're not like looking at it. But you know how there's a trend now with businesses where there's a lot of like every building has to have parking space. So the top like so there's a which contributes to sprawl because the buildings aren't near each other. And mm-hmm. now like, single use zoning is not effective because like you can rather than like like if you have like one i feel like i'm using the term wrong but like if you have like one building in a lot you know rather than like where you could easily fit like three or four like you end up not generating a lot of um new jobs because like for example you have one like a starbucks here and then like all around it is like parking space and like a drive-through and stuff rather than like if you had a uh you know starbucks and like you know, Krispy Kreme. I don't know. Is that a thing? I don't even know if that's a thing around here. I just, (laughs) these are like things that my brain thinks of. Um, Because those are things we don't have currently. So like, if you have the dynamic that you're you're pointing out here. Yeah. So like you would end up now, instead of just people who work at Starbucks, you have the people who work at the Shake Shack and the Krispy Kreme and et cetera, et cetera. 
Like, and so we're, it's way more efficient to do it that way, but we don't like, we just, it's just one Starbucks and I don't even like Starbucks. We're I'm new England all the way. Like Dunkin' Donuts, my town <laughs> has three Dunkin' Donuts and I'm proud of it. Right. Like, and I say it needs more. I think one of them is closing down, but oh, no. we drive from one Dunkin' Donuts to the other Dunkin' Donuts. And there's uh, actually shoot, there is four. Cause I just remember there's one inside the Walmart. Like, so, oh so yeah, there's, we love our Dunkin' as we yeah, should. Really. I wish I had like a Dunkin' cup to like plug it. There's not, this is just New England pride. This has nothing to do with. <laughs> They're not even great for their workers. I just, it's no. just little, all power to the all power to the Duncan. The donut, the Duncan Donut workers are great. They're, they're great, and they don't get tipped, and it's pro- a problem because um, in Connecticut. I don't are they know not allowed to get tipped? Are they not allowed to get tipped? No, they don't get tipped, and it's because uh, at least in the one that was nearby where I worked so that I went to a lot. I've talked to. I'm like I was a Domino's worker. I tried to like organize a union, and so I got in the habit of just. At, Whenever I'm at a place, I ask people just just basic questions about what it's like to work there and and what the conditions are. So, you know, I asked about like, hey, so we get tipped at Domino's. How come you guys don't get tipped? Uh, yeah. And they're like, cause somebody was like stealing it, and like so they just took it. I was like, so wait, one person did one thing, and now nobody gets tip money. That's that's, that's a little. Strange. And by the way, a hundred percent never happened. The boss made up that story. It, it probably did from the way it sounded like it was probably like the boss is doing it like yeah. and like but still like they took took it away like whatever it's like bs um there's actually a huge organizing campaign in um connecticut for uh, plaza workers which would include duncan domino's um mcdonald's um hopefully there's going to be an organized uh, a big organizing campaign i can't get into it right now um but that's one of the excited too can I ask you though? Because you you brought it up, and I just I just I just got to know more. You said you tried to organize a union uh, when you worked at Domino's. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, I'm trying to think of the way to say it without revealing too many details. So there was an incident where uh, something happened that made me feel very powerless at my job, and I I felt very I was like I felt like I needed to quit. I felt like I was. Um, by being there, I was like somehow betraying my values. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's only one justification for staying here and letting myself feel more powerless every day. And that's if I'm not going to feel powerless anymore. I'm going to try to build power. So mm-hmm. I started talking to my coworkers and we started uh, um, really trying to uh, bit, like get something together. Uh, and there was even a part where the thing happened again and we all started yelling at our boss and saying that that's not okay and they were going to try to fire somebody who was actually the victim of the thing and uh and we got that person not fired and like didn't and that was like good so that was like the one accomplishment i had there was a lot of other stuff like i wanted we wanted a new oven um like Mm -hmm. the the problem is like you know, I, I'm trying not to be too uh, reveal too much because it's a lot of personal stuff. It's a very it was a very small workplace. Uh, sure. You know, and what why it failed ultimately, or I, I consider it a failure. Some people say I shouldn't because we did end up building some power there. Uh, is because a lot of the key organizers all like kind of left at the same time, like the people I had recruited, 
and then a bunch of new people got hired and I was, I was like, there's, a, I'd have to like, I was basically like, it's either I start from scratch or I take the job that I got offered um, here. And I ended mm-hmm. up taking the job and I feel, I still feel a little bad about it. And I, I still like have this like thought, where I'm like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to do I'm going to yeah. come back and finish the, finish what I started. And I've been offered to come back. Like they, oh, they, yeah? knew I, I, they knew like I was like doing this for the most part and they still like, they, that it's because of the you know, coronavirus. There was like we had a lot more leverage. It was a lot harder to like fire anyone because it's like, well, we need the hands on deck. So yeah, you um, still keep in touch with like the the organizing people. I, like, I went back once a while ago on like the day weed was officially legal in Connecticut, and they gave me the employee discount as like a show of solidarity. Oh yeah, um, and I ran into somebody else who's also has a side job working at Duncan. Well, and I was like. I was like catching up there and I was like kind of weird. Uh, like we were, I was getting out of a baseball game and they were like sort of help doing the marketing for Duncan and like as their side gig. And I was like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Like, I was like, hold on guys. I gotta go talk to my, uh, my Domino's friends. Uh, there was a lot of cool people there. Uh, so I tried to like, I, I'm just trying to get them to come DSA stuff. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of, I really should plug like some of the DSA things because like, there was so much going on. Like I already talked about rights council. Like I had a small part in that. Like, but there was like the. Can fact you say it again? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Right to council. Right to council. Yeah. So that that was the bill I was talking about earlier. Like, mm-hmm. They there was like a huge like they did so much work. They made so many phone calls for that campaign. Like they co- got a huge coalition of people and groups to be a part of it. Um, you know, the this shop. This is the Central CT chapter, um, but in coalition with also the Western and the Quiet Corner chapters, uh, they've done so much work. It's like crazy. Like the housing work in particular, like the tenant union I mentioned, but like also, you know, there's just so much like, I, you know, the slate um, that we're doing now. Uh, I say we, but like, again, I'm I'm in the liminal space. Of, like I'm on the border town, man. Like mm-hmm. not, not in the i'm not in yet there's a statewide or I'm, sure, I'm sure that they would love to include they you with it they, they consider me a member like i even like do stuff like i have a position as like we, we run this as like a statewide like uh working group so the queer social um working group that's who i partnered with to get they were the muscle for that event i was talking about with uh the uh, LGBT, like the Rainbow Crosswalk, when I was like set to give a report. So, so yes, I'm, I'm sorry, just to just interrupt. So DSA is a, a factor. It is. It does have a presence in a lot of this work that you're doing right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Like one hat, I will not, like I'm wearing a DSA pin right yeah. here. Yeah. Like, because um, I absolutely, I do, everything I do is like DSA is like the people giving me the support. Uh, and even if I'm not in the chapter, like people sometimes use like, I'll, I'll work with them to like do and help build power because it is absolutely the organization that like it like I'm wearing like a WFP shirt which is like funny like and they do a lot of good work too but like um but seriously like there's no like there is no way we're gonna win this fight like people always like talk about like leaving DSA or like that like DSA is on the like like you know people who are like critics and like you know in yeah. their own little rival group so they're obviously incentivized to say these things saying oh don't join dsa they're sellouts like blah 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 like but in connecticut we do so much work like dsa members like like absolutely are the like 
like one of the driving forces for like good and change here. And mm -hmm. we're not like, and what my goal is, is like, I, I tend to run in a lot of like other circles, like, but I want to, I want DSA to be like the, you know, I, I want it to be like New York where New York, it's like, it's, you can't talk about New York politics without, and talking about the big players without talking about DSA. Mm -hmm. Eventually that's going to, I think that's going to be the case in Connecticut and a lot of other places. And, and it's actually really weird to me because seeing how different DSA chapters and groups interact with uh, a lot of these, like interact with their local like conditions. Cause yeah. Like um, for example, example, even just in Connecticut, like each of the branches have their own thing, like Bridgeport, they do a, a community fridge, like, and that's their way of, they work with the local church. They have like, who's who, which is what's giving them space, like, mm -hmm. um, like physical space. I know space gets used a lot. Sure. I mean, literal space in this sense. Um, but, and, you know, they have, they run it, like they have donations from people and, you know, there's, uh, and hopefully they're going to try to set up more because uh, it's like a, in Bridgeport, it's like, I, I just saw like a presentation about this a while ago, but like there's a lot of food insecurity. And so they do that kind of work. And the greater New Haven chapter, they're doing the slate and some of the housing work. In Hartford, it's most it's mostly housing work, um, and sometimes like Medicare for all stuff. Like, but you know, it's like just seeing the different work that we're doing, um, you know, like is just nuts to me. And it's like, yeah, I I'm like I'm I love it. I love everything that we're doing. Um, and like, I I'm, my big thing is if I ever get like a voice in like national DSA stuff is. What, and this is something we're trying to do in um, in Connecticut is if we have a statewide org doing strategic events. So we have a mutual aid um, thing, right? Putting that in a district where we know we're going to run a candidate or putting that nearby um, a place where we're going to do a union organizing drive, right? Is is having this be like a thing where like everything is interacting with each other and that we're mm -hmm. focusing on certain areas to, to really build power in a specific region. Like, hopefully like that could be some like somewhere like Hamden where like, you know, we have candidates that are, we run, we do things there to help support them, bolster them, build power, build and uh, be a, a major player in Hamden politics in a place like my town. I'm hoping that this little independent campaign eventually like in two years, if I'm, you know, God is willing, you know, like if I, even if I lose, it's like if I build up the power that I could be, I don't want it to be me. Ideally, I'll find, I would like to find someone else. I will if I have to, um, sure. just because it's, I've been, but I'm never going to do anything. I'm not going to be like a Congress person or anything like that. Or <laughs> even, I don't even want to be in the state legislature, um, the state legislature. Like you can't, there's, that's a solid, that's a line I will not cross because I, like, <laughs> I really hate that stuff. Like, because I see what it does to people. Anything that pays you, I'm just like, that's out. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, town politics is all free, baby. So, um, free. <laughs> you know, for the love of the game. Yeah, exactly. That's me. So, you know. I, I want to ask. Um, you, you brought up some union organizing drives that y'all um y'all have participated with DSA. How is your relationship um with like the labor unions that are in the area, and also like what You're kind of? Me work this. No, I'm I work for the AFL CIO, so obviously I have. A very good relationship. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm, 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 I'm more broadly. 
and the chapter as a whole, like had a lot of former Unite Here organizers. I'm actually a Unite Here member, uh, local 110A New England Joint Board. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I got to tell my Unite Here friends that I'm talking to a Unite Here member. They would love that. Oh, I'm, I'm like not a major, like it's literally my bargaining unit. It's just me. Like it's uh, uh, because it's I'm the only employee. Uh, but you know, it's, it's good. It's good money. Uh, um, and they gave me a very good contract. So <laughs> I love it all same and uh so yeah but like a lot of former unite here um organizers um in the past we've had 1199 organizers on um um active yeah 1199 SCIU. i forget that lo that's maybe local lingo is is not a that's a house to the audience yeah um and so like uh that's not as big a thing in, as much right now there's like two uh 1199 people there's a couple um uh, you know, AAUP members, the University Professor Union from. And these are members of DSA. Yeah, these are members of DSA. Uh, oh, our, our institutional um, like interactions have not been where I'd like. Actually, from this is from my job side, I should say. Like, I do some work with uh, the labor working group um, as part of like my job. Like, I interact um, and like you know try to where I work with the, uh, them to let them know about like what's going on in some of the unions, how they can help, or also just like, um, like, you know, basically like what stuff you, is available to union members in DSA. So like, so if we're putting on like a training, um, you know, like DSA members are free to go take the training. Um, yeah. Because it's not, I don't really want it to be, I feel like, a, not to call anyone out, I feel like there's a lot of people who like, they're incentivized to do this sort of thing. And then they just use their like DSA stuff to like bolster their job. And work. Not, yeah. Not me. Like I am absolutely, I just became like, I've done a lot of thinking about this. I don't want that to be me. Cause it's like, yeah. one, that's not going to, that's not going to build power. Like I want. Yeah, no, that's the, that's to empower an individual. And that's not, that's not what we're looking for. But like, I, I do think that there is like, like, one of the things that, that I noticed in New Orleans and, and like I'm being a little bit critical of my own chapter, but like I'm the former co-chair of the labor committee. Um, mm -hmm. So like I'm being critical of myself in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I do wish that we had had, you know, more relationships with our sort of like our central labor council and with individual locals. Yeah. We have great relationships with local 23 of uh, Unite here and a couple of other locals, but but not very much else, you know? It's good to, I think chapters broadly should be um, work with their, like, work with local unions. It's just like a way of like, you know, we stand with workers, they're workers. Solidarity. I think um, the thing I actually am, and this is what, how I know it's not all for my job. It's the thing I, I actually want the most is I want DSA doing new organizing. I cannot stress this enough. Like to the people, like I'm not, I have a very specific like labor degree stuff because there's the rank and file and there's new organizing. I'm very spe specific, right? Can you, not, can you sort of, um, I'm sorry, can you just like define both? I'm sorry that like, happy, happy here, but. No, rank, rank and file unionism is like a theory that the way we build the working class is by like, uh, Jeff, you're going to get like a job as a teacher because we know teachers unions are super like mm -hmm. important to the, to the system. And you're going to talk to the other teachers and like, I'm yeah. a teacher, by the way. <laughs> oh, this is perfect. So you're literally. I, I, I became a teacher before no, I even. Obviously, I'm, this is not an accusation here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, my big thing is 
I'll explain this later, but organize where you're at, right? But yeah, which um, is where, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree with that. But anyway, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, no, no, go for it. So you're a teacher, so like, and so they're like, go talk to the other teachers and get a job as a teacher uh, and, and get other people to get a job as a teacher and like try to build like a, a strong working class, like cadre, like um, and, and organize a committee there. And there's already a union there, right? Like, mm -hmm. so it's what we're not talking about is adding to the working class, like, or, or, or adding to organized labor. We're we're just talking about like invigorating the the stuff that's there, and that's like, that's, that's not what we're like. That's not getting you anywhere. Like, um, that in my opinion, right? Like that is a factor. Like that is a tool in the tool belt, but that's not going to solve anything, right? Mm -hmm. um, new organizing is obviously um, been is hey jeff don't get a job as a teacher go work at amazon and like try to get organized drive there and that's good because it will add you add to the numbers right but what they don't tell you and this is this is my theory of change is okay jeff you're the amazon person you go get um you organize the amazon drive now you're the president of the local and you won and now you're the president of the local amazon uh um, you know, you're the steward of the local, you're the president of the local, whatever you join, um, a, a, you know, another union, like, or, and you run for a position there as the, uh, Hey, I'm the, you know, I'm Jeff, I'm the guy who organized Amazon, right? Like, <laughs> you know, that, or, you know, in maybe in your case, like I'm Jeff, I'm the person who organized a, a new teacher's union. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now you actually have some, like, cause there's something, cause it's all, we want to keep our gains. Right. Like, and that's how, and, you know, invigorate union. And, but like, so we will have new members, but it's also important is those members already know you, Jeff, because, mm -hmm. and I'm making this very you focused all of a sudden, which is funny. I'm um, talking to me. Like, they're, they're like, they remember you from the campaign and they like you. And, you know, mm -hmm. so now you don't need to do like a, like a working class, like, you know, caucus, like invigorate. Cause they're already like, they'll go, they'll, there's a, like a level of trust that you've developed. And so, no. And then I think even a step further, it's again like strategic um, placement and like going and having a like a national view, like the same way I was talking about the statewide, is saying, hey, we want to run a candidate there. So let's have it uh, and or so let's like look at and see if we've got like we've gotten a bunch of tips from local workers across the country. Do we have any over there? Are, is that is there a union shop that's reached out to us in the past that? It happens to be in the place that we want to run a candidate or happens to be in a place that we're, um, we want to do like, uh, that there's a lot of mutual aid going on or something like, you know, like having this like national view of like, you know, and what's good about this is say we find out the answer is yes. So then we go to the local DSA chapter and like, hey, we have this budget to help you with this campaign. We're going to help you set, set this thing up. So now you're going to be empowered and we're going to train you how to be organizers and you know since this is something that we know you want and it's like you know it's it's strengthening the chapter because then after you leave they still have all the trainings and stuff so mm -hmm. this this is something i actually really want to write some of this stuff down and submit it to one of those you know uh dsa like uh like think, one you know, of these publications or whatever publications that write about what how dsa should do things and it's really mm -hmm. just like a like Right, right on medium. I think that's the the norm in our organization culture. If you ever want to um, bounce some ideas off of somebody, I'm happy to uh, talk with you. Love it, because you know, there's a lot of like um, important, uh, like, because I I just think that that's how, it, like, I'm not, 
and I, I don't want to come at people. Like I, I really, I say this is love. I'm fellow comrade, right? Like I, like, but I don't think like, like the pro act stuff, like this is what I'm saying, right? I'm not doing this for my job because my, like you can't see it from here. I got a pro act poster like right there. Well, um, I can yeah. There uh, oh, there. Perfect. Right here. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I, I've done so many of those phone. I've done at least three of those phone banking gifts. Full honesty, I've never. I haven't done one. I, I just. I'm <laughs> such a like. You think for my job, it'd be like super helpful to be like I help the pro act. Um, mm -hmm. but no, just didn't even did like. It's because I'm in a blue state. Um, right. right. Imagine, by the way, I, it's like throwing me off of it. Oh, um, you want to go back? Yeah. Thank you. I, sure. I was like, I'm like so I, I got like I was like disoriented. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> like I love the proact stuff. Like really, I do. I think it's really impressive that we flipped Joe Mansion, but it's not happening without the filibuster reform. And right. So and many, so, so many hurdles. So many unbelievably like high hurdles to get it. So I think if we just use that talent to like pick one spot, like because we have DSA chapters of organized unions, like mm -hmm. like using this like. The weight of our na national organization to just, you know, really go and like strengthen a chapter and build them up and like get something. Uh, I think we could make a difference, like to, on the local level, and we could really be the thing that like changes like something. Like you know, the same way like right now, if you want like help from like somebody with a na national perspective, you have to organize with a union, like or with an already established one. And that's good. Not again. I love the work unions do. I, um, but the thing that we really need to think about is like, okay, well, if we're trying to build power for DSA, we have to have the capacity to start helping um, um, get our chapters to learn how to do this stuff. Because there's no because union organizing work applies to other areas too. Like you can right. do a one on one with a tenant. It's slightly different, but it's the same theory. Mm -hmm. uh, which is why like the art. Uh, the, the, which is why Central Connecticut DSA is trying is has a lot of Unite Here members who are training people how to do tenant work because it's a lot of it crosses over like they know how to do a one on one they're gonna um, and some of them are successful tenant organizers now because there are tenant unions that that, um, that this chapter is done and so we're trying to like really focus um, so, uh, trying to take this national perspective and focus it in and. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but Kenzo and Chat just called for a general strike tomorrow, so we'd have to organize our shop floor now. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, and I'm again, like, so it's love. I don't want to come at people. I don't want to hurt people like that. Like, I, I'm for general strikes. Like, I, they're sure. effective. One half we need in Palestine. To, to build to that point. Like, yeah. and it's going to take a lot of a lot of elbow grease, well, a lot of talking. We just be everywhere at once, right? So we have mm -hmm. to pick what's our priority. Or is like, mm -hmm. for example. If we know that there's a congressperson that we don't like, what if we just start getting a militant working class? What if we make sure that working class is in that district? How about, you know? And then maybe. And, and, and I think what's really important about what you're saying, and you know, I, I agree with so much of it, um, like the, the the new organizing perspective that you're putting forward and the, the sort of like rank and file perspective, which exists, um, they're not in conflict one, with one another in any way. It's a question of, I guess, I guess it's a question of emphasis, but like, these are these are like two different approaches that like need to be a part of a coherent national strategy, which exactly. unfortunately I don't think that we have as an organization. I, I, it's, it's, like, it's also an order of like it's it's an order of operations. You start with mm -hmm. new organizing because if you get 
10 people who they know you, they don't know anyone else. They're loyal to you. They trust you. That's 10 new people into the movement. If you get 10 people that are divided um, between two people, right? Like it's going to be cause conflict. And you could argue that my perspective has been like warped, but I actually found that I'm more sympathetic to rank and file stuff because I like, you know, there's, I have to end up talking to a lot of people who are already union members. It would help me to like, if I could make some of those union members like socialists, right? Like, but it is more like beneficial, I think in the long run for the working class, if we can get more people. If Uh we like, if we use, and what's good about what I'm saying is any bit of information that we get, then like we can then use that information for, to like really like help someone like me. So I'll give you an example. So if we know that a town like mine is, um, you know, doesn't have a lot, like I, I can give someone the demographics of like what, um, what's going on in the town. Um, but if we know there's not a lot of strategic, um, how does it? If we know that there's not a lot of like union organizing work there, if we, there's no tenants that you can, um, tenants to organize, right? But if we know there's a lot of um, workers that in like the state state workers there, we can um, like you know maybe we do an organizing campaign with state workers, right? And you know to like maybe organize unionize like a, se- a segment of the state government that isn't already there. So we start building those ties. Then, like, you know, or say we learn, for example, like, that there is a, that that a local, like, labor council is struggling for membership, right? Because, and, and that if we just could organize some more unions there and get a flood of new members, well, then we control it, right? Like, that's, that's ours now, because we outrank, now we have more members than them. Or hypothetically, like, in town, this is the point I was trying to make earlier with my town was, like if we know the Democratic Party here is weak, then we just, it's ours. We oh, so now we know that, and any bit of new information can really um, change the game. And then on a macro level, like what I think national needs to be doing is doing this by congressional district. Okay, well we because you know statewide they're going to have like this granular view, but then it's like okay, well what's going on nationally? Well we know maybe they'll learn realize that like, some of the congressional people in Connecticut suck, right, and that we could potentially over, you know, the course of a while, like we could actually take over some of these, like these are doable. Uh, and so they're going to help out Connecticut people. Now I know that because I'm living in Connecticut. So my bias is toward that, but <laughs> like, I, I'll be fully frank, right? I would like a socialist to represent me in Congress, but like, and, and I don't even know if Congress is really what we should be looking at, but at least like, you know, we can pressure the Congress people in a dis district like mine if we've taken over a couple municipal towns because now it's like well if they want re-election they're going to go to the local like you know uh the local elected officials and they're going to pay paying attention to those races because absolutely if a socialist gets elected in a town they're going to be moved left by like like 10 points they're going to vote yes on 10 10 more of our bills because they know that like that they need to they need to win re-election what happened in um, my congressional district is the you know there was a primary threat and there had been a bunch of like uh progressive wins in the district and so the person uh who represents me in congress had a thought where it was like well if i uh don't 
like go start moving left, I'm going to lose the primary challenger. And I already know that like this stuff plays well in the district. So I'm going to endorse stuff like the Green New Deal to like give me some uh, wiggle room. Still, even if you don't agree with it, you're going to do that. Yeah. Because you think that your political survival depends on it. So, and all it wasn't like a wave took over. It was just like a couple towns flipped to slightly more left, right? So, if we get if that just keeps happening in a, in a district, eventually they'll just they'll start endorsing. Like that's leverage, right? So, Correct. like that's what that's how we're gonna flip. Like, because you can have a you can absolutely have that perspective, like. Because that's how they do things, by the way. The DCCC, they absolutely, they pay attention to where are the swing districts? Where do we need to put our money? How many people do we need to get on um, uh, get there? They absolutely focus on, like, what areas do we need to focus on? They're not paying attention to places, like, um, you know, that don't need their attention. And that that's a problem where, that we have is when we do a national campaign, like the PRO Act, we're not focused in anything so you can like i can do stuff like call people in connecticut i can call people who live in a different state because they haven't endorsed the because their senator has endorsed it but i'm not really any more effective other than that but if like there's a local campaign like just think about like bernie right like if i like when new hampshire needed bernie volunteers you bet your fucking Connecticut sent people there. Like we sent caravans of people. So did Massachusetts. So did Maine. So did everybody because we knew that this is important. Like you can have national focus campaigns with local conditions. Like yeah. and you can get people to show up. If you're marshaling volunteers, yeah, absolutely. You can do that. But you have to have a local perspective. Like you have to be like, how can we affect things here? If you're not thinking that way, you're going to end up like just saying everyone's doing like trying to flip Joe Manchin rather than like, yeah. well, okay, well, how many DSA members do we actually have in West Virginia? Like, and we flipped him, like, bad we flipped example. him and didn't get a shit. <laughs> like, you know, because we need filibuster reform, but it's right. like, whatever, right? Like, I don't know. And I'm just, I'm backseat driving here. So, no, but, but I think you're bringing, you're putting forward like a, a pretty coherent perspective. I, I like this perspective because I feel like there's a lot of like chapters should have absolute supremacy and then like, there should and then national should have absolute supremacy. I'm like, why can't national just and maybe this is like caucus stuff, but like it's like why can't national just help out a chapter because mm -hmm. they know it will benefit one of their national campaigns, but also because it's good to help out a smaller chapter. Why can't we empower things? Why can't we be strategic in how we do things? Like why is it such a crime to do a community fridge in a place we know we're gonna run a candidate and make sure that the person we're gonna run is the one that gets that gets photographed cutting the ribbons or whatever. Like you know, yeah. like is that a crime? It, it's not a crime. And 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 that that comes down to a certain question that kind of keeps coming up that's like it's seemingly interminable, this question of like, oh, like is mutual aid charity or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> like I'm not like, mutual aid agnostic. Um, huh? when, when it comes to this debate, I'm like I'm fully agnostic. Like I mean my, my sort of perspective is that if mutual aid like benefits a community it it broadens solidarity and it actually like helps to organize in that community yeah. then it's good if it doesn't do any of that stuff then it's like at least people are getting nice yeah. things <laughs> you know? that is correct like because it's like i'm absolutely of the opinion that like mutual aid is good like for, for that great 
I just don't think it's going to be the thing that switches no. to the state, you know, like, cause there's like it's part of a formula. I think, I think it's part of a formula. Yeah. And I think people are like, we need to stop doing it. It's like, are you crazy? Like, sorry, yeah. I was kind of ableist. Are you, are you paying attention? Like, are you focusing on it? Like, are you actually looking at, cause there are people like I've done mutual aid work to help people like, and you know, I, like I, I, I had somebody who was like a college, uh, who I went to college with, like asked me for like $200 and I'm not like rich. And I was like, I don't say no more, just have it. Like, you know, oh. like it wasn't, I, or really I should say I donated 50 and I got five, uh, uh, three other people to donate. Um, but you know, like, cause I'm not like, cause you have to be heartless to not do it. I'm not convinced that that was like going to win me like something, you know, like I hadn't even brought it up publicly like till this, just to, to make, you know, to make a point. But like, you have to be like the kind of person that people can go to during a crisis. Like that's how you establish yourself is you help people out when you're in need. But, 100% agree with that. Like, and, and so like, it, you know, the fact is I, when people are like, oh, I don't support, like when people, I don't support mutual aid. It's like, well, you're just like, we're not trying to fix everyone's problems, but you should really just like, like some people are just going to want to help people and you should just let them do it and say that they're doing it because they're DSA members. And mm -hmm. like, you should take the free PR. Like it's, it, it's yeah. free publicity. It's like, but if you're there's, not there's recruiting utility on into that, and I don't mean to interrupt you again, but like, like there's recruiting utility in that. And one of the things, cause we started the break light clinics in, in, in new Orleans, right? That's where we, the, the first ones were. And one of the things that we quickly found out is that you can have somebody like, if we started doing them monthly, essentially, and they were replicable, we created a guide that we distributed broadly so that other chapters could do it as well. And it became something that we would like get people some experience in organizing events. And it would be a great, it was a great way to build new leaders in the organization too. Yes. Like it was exactly. actually like super helpful. And the other thing too, though, like on the flip side, if you're not trying to get a camera on you when you're doing that, you're not really like. Oh, we got cameras. <laughs> yeah, it's like you got to make sure that, that, like, if if you're doing a big event and like that, you you should absolutely be trying to like, um, mm -hmm. you know, get people to sh like get cameras on you, get get your candidates that is like a DSA candidate, get them right and say like, I'm doing this because I'm DSA candidate. Go. Yeah. Well, we didn't have any candidates, but I will say that this, this is a funny story. Just like, if you have them, if you're organizing yeah. union, get like your union organizers there. Like, you know, have oh, them in some awesome like, like getting union organizers there? That's all. That's yeah, like, hey, you know, get, yeah. get some of their like union, like, you know, some of their people, like try to get them to show up. Be like, you know, because it's a stress test. Like, you mm -hmm. know, consider that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, get some, have them give a press conference about like how many workers go hungry like if it's a fridge like for example like say you know like there's a certain amount of like walmart workers who use like um you know government programs like just start doing like start put, putting pressure out on um like on the employer or like if you're do like if you're doing a public app try to integrate in some way what you're doing because otherwise it's just gonna look like a disconnected mess and like and you can it can it can just be a disconnected mess like it's not going to lose us anything it's just i'm always about optimization system building like you know 
again, I'm just armchairing because I'm, I'm not, I don't even apply it to my own life, right? Like I, this is the first time I've brought up like giving that person money, but like, yeah. like I'm not gonna, like, well, I get like the, the thing is like, it does feel dirty. It's like, it makes you look, you're just doing it for attention. It's like, but like, you know, like, Get over that impulse. I'm with yeah. you. I understand the impulse. Get over it. You have to. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's like a like a um, sort of in, uh, uh, I don't know like a, a culturally suggested even like like modesty towards these kinds of yeah, things. You're just like it's that is the charitable impulse. It's like rich yeah. people aren't supposed to show off when being um, large amounts of money because that's like crass. Which is why they always have public events. Or somebody else will thank them for it, right? Yeah. Never see them saying, "I just donated a thousand dollars to the library, and that's why I'm getting an, uh, and I demand that they name it after me now." Mm -hmm. No, it's always the op. It's always we thank you for donating to the Yale Library, and that's why we're naming Wing after you, <laughs> right. even though that's why they did it. Like it's like, rich people, man. That's how they operate. The worst. Um, the worst. And so, yeah. like. And a lot of it comes from my perspective of like, you know, I just, I've done a lot of things. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to tell people what to do. I'm just asking that like, when you do something, check in with people, have like a, like, you know, make sure you're doing this in the way that's the most helpful because there are ways to do it that can be helpful. Right. And this is a conversation. These are conversations we have all the time in Connecticut just because we're like, like we had a, a, a conversation of, is it helpful to actually endorse JC's campaign? And we like, even though it's outside of like our area of influence, right? Like part of it was like, I'm at large. There's no like, there's no advantage. Like the chapter will not be able to help whatsoever. They don't have the amount of DSA members in um, my town. Like, you know, so th they just wouldn't be a help, right? Like, mm -hmm. so it's, it's a series of, of those things, right? Like, is it, well, we're not gonna be a help do anything. And I'm gonna be doing it anyway. So like, and I'm gonna be telling people I'm a DSA member. So there's not like benefit, but like in two years, like we could have like a serious, like, you know, a serious machine here. Like, and that's what I want It's like, I want more like, you know, and, and I would like stuff like, and something like, for example, a community fridge is not needed in my town. So like, if, if, if say like a bunch of people were like, oh, we really want to do a community fridge. Like I'm like, her, her, the town, like the medium income is, people are not food insecure in this town. They're, but they were like, let's do a little free library. Or for example, there there are community gardens already in town. Like if you wanted to like make a big show about being there and like planting stuff there. And there's absolutely like, you know, always be strategic, right? Like. You want to hit. You want to hit the neighborhood in the in the community where it's at. Like you exactly. don't want to create something that it doesn't need. And so, like people are always having. We always have these debates. I'm actually a part of. Um, I should also plug this. Like, I'm part of a statewide Connecticut caucus as well. Like, and this is one of the things that we sort of. We've had a bunch of conversations about this um, about like how DSA's direction is going, and that's why we were. I was like, you know, elected. Um, as an at-large delegate, that's why. I was also sort of representing the fact that there were a lot of people in Connecticut that were like kind of gypped out of and uh, out of like spots at the convention because they're at large, but like even though they live, because there are a lot of like border towns that like we were suburban, we drive 
to do stuff, but we're not in the chapter. So right. we're representing that faction, um, or not faction, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, faction. this group, this, 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 this formation, I guess you could say. Yeah. So like, I was like, I'm representing all the underrepresented. Cause like, it's not like the chapter got delegates for those people, even though there's a bunch of us. Like, mm -hmm. so, you know, I was sort of representing them uh, and I was happy to do it. And then also like, you know, but one of the things, um, but I'm kind of elected um, as a, um, as part of this like caucus. Um, and it's like tra uh, Connecticut DSA transform caucus. We're trying to be like, kind of like the red star or like, I don't know. I don't really get into that stuff, but like, you know, that's sort of what our like political program is, I guess, mm -hmm. is what I've been talking about a little bit with like strategic organizing, strong statewide like um, formations, like, and, you know, so like not like, like being strategic about like how we leave the democratic party, like, cause you should give people flexibility on the ground. Right. That, cause that's the other thing that is, bothers me a lot um i could just rant forever but because it's like if my connecticut has laws that are completely different from other people's laws we could have a third party that's like a dsa third party and like still endorse like them candidates because we have a fusion endorsement uh, uh, fusion mm -hmm. yeah so like that's how the working families party does it like and, so I, and I always hate that it never comes up mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the working families party model like doesn't even apply to here because we have an entirely different. Um, you need to take that. Sorry, I, I had a phone call. I have to text them. Okay, um, but no, we have a completely different model of uh, like voting structure around here, and it just it's just like, and, and WFP doesn't even have a presence down here. But like, like, like the point that you're making of like organizing where you're at is like super key and super critical. Um, because things are different in, in, in many different places. And, uh, yeah, I guess, um, wow. Can you believe we've been talking for like almost an hour and a half? Like like so You're so easy to talk to. Um, I try to be, I was like nervous when I first, I was like, oh man, am I going to have enough things to say? And then when we first started, I was jumping around a lot. So it was like, there's a lot of stuff I could get to. That's but then okay. I started a nice little rhythm and I'm like, I feel so much better. Well, you know what? Anything that you missed, you can talk about next time. Uh, you can talk about. You can talk with. Uh, yeah, I'm like, maybe, oh, I didn't even tell people. Like, I feel like I should have been like, oh, talked about the porch girl story because it was like a funny like. Okay. Okay. Definitely doing porch girl story. Let's go. Okay. So, uh, so I, I spoke at the convention, which you already mentioned, but I where I spoke was like really. I was I, obviously as the name implies. I was on a porch. So. Yeah. Uh, it was a really nice porch. It. I would like to clarify that porch isn't mine. No, I, I, I drove to New Haven, so that is not my porch. Um, but like, I why I did it was because I had, like, I had a, a weird setup because like I had to because it wasn't my house, so I, I had to like put it on a railing. Um, like we were doing like a little viewing party there, like, and you know we were all socially distanced, like wearing masks and stuff. Um, you know, or I, specifically, I was like wearing a mask for for most of it, I'd only take it, took it off to speak. And so like, we were joking around about like, oh, I gotta say something because you know, they knew I wanted to speak and everyone knew that. Um, I'd been waiting the whole convention to like say something. And I was like, this is my time. This is gonna yeah. be like that. People thought it was gonna be the labor stuff, but I was like, no, I know when I've got to speak. And 
it was like my time was coming up. We were driving like I was like late to like um it was like after the recess like had ended and so I got there. So it was like too late to sign up for the the previous one. So I had to throw away my speech. And so and we were joking like all right well we gotta I gotta put this somewhere and the way everything was set up I could have the the camera right like do the thing that people do where it's like it's like un, like the camera's underneath them and so you kind of look uh it doesn't look good or professional at all I hate that so I was like is there like something I could prop this up so I could stare at it and so I was like you put it on the railing <laughs> and I put it on the railing I was like well I can't sit then so I'll just have to stand and I was like I was like Hey, can I borrow someone's blazer? And so they're like, yeah, yeah. And the the person who was hosting us, her name uh, was Alice. Uh, they got me a blazer, and I I got to uh, you know, I was like, okay, this is like starting to become more of a thing. And I was like, I realized, well, it's kind of far away from me, so I'm gonna probably have to yell. And so I like I practiced like what I was gonna say, like or, or practiced not even what I was gonna say, just the voice I was gonna use. And I was like, okay, and, and then. I turn on the cam. Uh, I got made panelist. Already things are going wrong. I turn the camera on, not realizing that once you're a panelist, everyone can see you and you do that. I thought it was like you get there and they have to like put you on. Like I thought there was like a step above that. Somebody, some people <laughs> said that I did that on purpose or something because I, I did it while the other person was speaking. And I look over and I'm like looking at a different computer. This is because I didn't know I had turned, like people could see me until I looked at the other computer. So I'm already <laughs> like, these are going weird. I run over to turn it off and I'm like, oops. Like, uh, and, and then I, so then after that I realized, okay, so that's how that works. Now I know. But I'm kind of shocked that hadn't happened like before. So, uh, and so then I, I say my, my little spiel um, and then people just like, I guess really found that there was like novelty in like the fact that I was like, there, there wasn't a lot of women who were speaking that day and it was a lot of like men. But, like, you had a really great energy, I thought. I, I ha- but like I had to, cause it was like, as soon as I, like right before I was gonna go on, like a generator had kicked in. And so like in the background, I was like, and I'm like, I can barely hear the computer. So I have to yell. And so I just do this like voice that like, you know, I'm like not quite yelling, but like, you know, speaking very like, hello, comrades, I'm here to say like X, Y, Z. And I, and people just really found that funny. You did Uh, great. You did great. And I like doing it. And then like, I just decided that like, this is my life now. And like people loved like and shout out to my comrades at the end because after I finished speaking they did the silent cheer. Yeah, because um, everybody was cheering and that was everybody's getting mad about that, which yeah. I agree with by the way. I, I didn't like cheering. Yeah, yeah. So like I hated the like people were doing like canned applause. My applause came from, I did not ask them to do that. They did I didn't even I forgot the silent clap existed. But mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that was very nice of them. And because uh, they supported me. And then uh, I think it was also funny is I was also one of the only people during the convention to speak with like people in the background. Yeah. It was like, I'm, I guess I'm like the only socialist who like hangs out and like has fun on the porch. And <laughs> I guess nobody else like was doing anything. I just would have, you would have thought like there had been more people like standing behind or like, I don't know. 
Yeah, um, I was at my house when I was on, and um, I, I had like a nightmare situation where like my audio just started echoing like three times in the oh middle. Oh my gosh, I think I remember that too. It, honestly, <laughs> when you're because when you're up there, it's like you really get to feel like there are a thousand people watching you right now. But like they're not just a thousand people; they're a thousand like comrades. Like, and yeah, so they're positive. It was so positive, and, and they're like thinking the things you've been thinking this whole convention. Like, oh, I like don't take forever, blah blah blah. And I'm I was actually shocked that like I was really hoping like I was gonna get to say something the convention, and I told myself I'm only gonna speak once because I was like yeah. I don't. In fact, I'm gonna make a motion next convention. Like, you only get to speak once for the convention. Unless you're sharing, right? You got one thing you could say. You could say that one thing, and every, then you have to let other people speak because that's how you get everyone speaking all the time forever. Like, uh, and that's just, just shouldn't be how we do things. So I thought my model worked better. But then I was so I happy. Very intentionally did not want to speak a second time after the first time, even though like I did not like I was a, I was a little bit like frustrated in that I like spoke against something when I really wanted to be positive and speak for something. I guess. But like, I, funny is, I was like, everyone was like, oh, like, love to, like, JC. I actually really felt like in that moment, like, I was speaking against something. So I felt yeah. like I had that same thing. I guess people just listen to your tone when you're speaking. Like, this is my advice to anyone who wants to speak at DSA convention. Just like, be a happy, cheerful person, and people will apparently like you. That's what I've learned. I didn't know this was a fact. I, again, I did it because normally I'm very, like, when I'm in meetings, I'm kind of, like I'm either two modes. I'm like boring, like like I'm gonna talk like this and blah 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 and like, and like using like like certain like ten dollar words or like I'm just riffing. Like I'm just like yeah. riff city baby. Like five time, five time, <laughs> time baby. <laughs> and so, well, Daisy, it has been like so nice talking to you. Um. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on Good Morning, Comrade. And this ended uh, up being full vibes, vibes, which I liked. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, that's just kind of like how we like to do things around here. Just kind of like hang out and just kind of talk. You know, that's that's my yeah. way to do it. So I'm happy to come on. I got stuff to say, although not Mondays don't usually work. But I had a I cleared my schedule. Yeah, well, we can find, we can find different nights, but um, we're gonna go ahead and raid who we got today. Um, live oh, yeah, it's, it's just going to somebody else's channel, send everybody else. But uh, thank you so much for uh, joining, uh, JC. Follow on Twitter, follow on Twitter at, at uh, DSA, please. I, if I can get like a couple more followers, I'm like, I hate, the, I wrote a resolution and we didn't get to it, like, because I hate Twitter. I am because I know it makes people addicted like I'm addicted, so still follow me on Twitter. It's fun. I, like, I don't post a lot, but I, I, I try to only post good vibes. And not, not yeah, yeah, yeah. Great vibe, please. All right. Have a great night, everybody. Bye. All right. They're gone. Um,